We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Breakdown with former Chiefs quarterback Matt Castle and FanDuel TV's Matt Hamilton. The best analysis on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that's available for Chiefs Kingdom. This film-based show will educate, entertain, and inform you each week. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, let's go to Matt for the latest episode of The Breakdown. And we're back with another episode of The Breakdown here this week. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And before we get started, we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to Damar Hamlin. As of this recording, he's still in critical condition. He's showing some signs of improvement, um, but still sedated. And, um, you know, I think it's a situation that's um, it's been really difficult for, for everybody involved in this game um, to have to see and just you know, as we've learned more and more about the type of person that Damar is and everything he's meant to um, to the community where he grew up in Pittsburgh and to that Bills organization, um, he's just a tremendous person. And uh, we just want to we just want to extend our uh, our thoughts and prayers and best wishes to him for for a speedy and full recovery. A hundred percent. I mean, uh, the, the fashion in which. The whole situation unfolded on Monday night was just something for a player that that is just watching from afar. The emotion that was the raw emotion, and it was much bigger than football. It's about an individual, a young man who's got everything out in front of him, and the circumstances were so extreme, you know, and the medical and the first responders there, the medical personnel and the first responders, you know, they did the tremendous job there, but at the same time, um, like you said, our, our prayers go out and thoughts go out to him and his family and just hoping that he recovers from this a huge ordeal. Yeah, and as um, as difficult a situation as this is, everything we've heard week 18 is moving forward as scheduled. Um, so, you know, the Bills and Bengals are going to have to get back out there on the field and, and so is everybody else. And I know it's beyond just those Bills and Bengals players that were, that are affected by this. If you've ever, you know, I think any of these guys that are going to set foot on that field this weekend are going to be thinking about that. And um, Matt, I want to ask you just that, you know, as the chiefs prepare for this game against the Raiders, they're going to be the first team, you know, the the first team to take the field after this. Um, How do you think that that plays into your mindset 
this week as you're as you're getting ready for that and and how does it affect these guys because again as we've talked about on the show a lot these are these are human beings and um you can't just expect them to be back to normal and back in that regular mindset of going on the field and and just worrying about football there has to be that element in it so how do you think that affects the team this weekend yeah, it's interesting, and you never know how anybody's going to handle it from a personal standpoint, from a team standpoint, and I think that everybody's aware of the situation at hand, and everybody's been giving their thoughts and prayers. The outreach of for for him has been tremendous, but again, it, it's sometimes hard to com- compartmentalize these type of situations and go back and get back to business as usual, because it's usually not business as usual, especially when a young man's fighting for his life in, in the hospital still, so you you have to at some point just continue to keep him in your prayers and then at the same time this is what we do for profession and i know it's easy for us to say well we're conditioned to think this way we're conditioned to go back on the field this is we've been around a lot of different situations where guys get injured and have serious injuries but it hasn't usually been to the circumstance of life and death and that's what changes the situation here and how people are able to kind of gather their thoughts about it. So it'll be interesting to see how all the teams respond this weekend, because I think every person can put themselves in that situation as a teammate, as a friend, as somebody that's in this brotherhood of the NFL, and and they're all feeling it. And at the same time, you know, the show must go on because it's the NFL and you know that that's what's going to happen. It's, you know, the NFL and just how they operate. That's what you're going to have to be asked to do is go out and play under tough circumstances. Yeah, and I hope um, just out of this, obviously, you know, we'll continue to hope and pray that DeMar is okay and makes that full recovery. Um, But I hope it is just an opportunity for fans to reflect as well and just remember the human side of of all this and of these players and just maybe have a little bit more empathy uh, for some of these guys going forward. Um, But that being said, as you mentioned, the show is going on. The Chiefs have their game this weekend against the Raiders. Before we get into that, uh, as we do, we'll look back at a few of the big plays that stood out from that Broncos game. The Chiefs finding a way to get the win, 27-24 game. Again, it's a little bit closer than you would have expected or from a Chiefs perspective would have hoped. Um, but again, a win's a win. And as of right now, the Chiefs are in position to get the one seed. We'll dig into that a little bit more later. But Matt, let's get into some of these plays um, because we saw some special things from Patrick Mahomes out on that field once again. Walk us through this first one. Yeah, this is great. They start in a three-by-one formation. They bring Kadarius Tony back into the backfield, which he normally isn't. He's a wide receiver. So they're just giving the defense a different look in which they have to adjust to this. And as you see, they go to a post-safety defense. Simmons comes down weak. So it's a weak side post-safety zone. Here what they're trying to do is they're trying to create somewhat of a little rub and hopefully that Simmons runs underneath Kelsey as he goes. But as you'll see this, Kelsey's got the end cut. You got Juju sitting over the ball and you got Kadarius taking off on like this bullet route or seam route from the backfield that they like. Now, really good job by Kelsey here. I don't know uh, whether or not he should have been called on that because he (laughs) – it looks like deliberately ran into Simmons, which is what you want on a rub, and they didn't call it, which was great. But at the end of the day, now Simmons is scrambling, right? He's trying to catch up to Tony. He sees that he's going to go try to take this route vertically. And so as he starts to run, I think Mahomes does a really good job. He's cued into this throw, right? I think he's throwing this ball hell or high water because Simmons is able to recover, get on top of him, but he never gets his head around. I thought the throw itself was 
a great throw because it was accurate. It slowed him up. Back shoulder didn't give Simmons time to get his head around and respond to it. And then Kadarius Tony again, you can tell what type of playmaker he is. He's unique with the ball in his hands, makes a few guys miss, picks up some extra yards, and uh, it's a big play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and you see the versatility of Tony, the ability to move him around all over the field, move him into the backfield. Um, and as you said, he, it, once he gets that ball in his hands, he's electric. He really is. He's like another running back out there uh, when he's in the open field. And, uh, yeah, that ball placement's incredible. Um, and you do. You gain respect. as you, Justin Simmons' ability to get back over the top of this and make it a more mm -hmm. difficult throw for Mahomes and make him have to go back shoulder. I mean, out of the, these two games against the Chiefs, I mean, you have to have all the respect in the world for uh, the type of player that Justin Simmons is. Right. He, he's a special, unique player. And you saw it show up in that second quarter when he made that play and he undercut for the interception. But right here, even I, what I also liked about it was Mahomes' subtle movement. I think he knew where he wanted to go with the wall. He easily could have put that ball on Juju Smith's um, just put it on his body right now for a first down, but then he subtly moves and it's that subtle quickness in the pocket. He's really good at this is you'll see it from this other angle. He's, he sidesteps that defense, gets back up into the pocket, and rips this ball. And it's his ability to throw the ball accurately off platform. So watch this. He subtle movement, boom, steps up, and on the run is able. His shoulders aren't even square. Like it's not totally square to Tony. That's what makes him so remarkable in his skill set. Like there's not a hardly anybody in the league that can do or make these type of throws. Yeah, that's that's what I love about this play because I love the play design. I love the concept of motioning Tony in the backfield and, and creating this rub. And the Chiefs execute it well. Kelsey executes it well. The Broncos, you know, account for it. And Simmons gets back into position. The Chiefs still find a way to get a big play out of it, even with the Broncos adjusting and, and taking away what they want it to be. Because I think the goal here is you pick Justin Simmons there with Kelsey and and Tony's free down the sideline, and this is a touchdown. But, um, you know, you still end up with a huge play out of it, even with the Broncos adjusting. It's impressive. That's the best part about it, about playing Kansas City. It's just frustrating, right? You could have the right defense called. You could be in perfect position. But, again, I always say this. You, you not only have to play the play against the Kansas City Chiefs, but you have to play – the Patrick Mahomes effect, right? And that is him being able to create in any circumstance and guys making plays because all these guys are playmakers. It's true. And uh, we saw it again later in the second quarter. Uh, this was the play to set up the eventual Harrison Butker field goal that was unsuccessful, but still a remarkable play and something we had to go to here. Walk us through this one. This is a dime, man. I'll tell you what. I, I love this throw. This is one of my favorite throws that he made. It's just, again, the the margin that he has to fit it in this, this window, and you'll see it right here. You've got the bench up top. You've got a middle read by number two, and then you've got the crossing routes here, the shallow crossing rub routes between Kelsey, who gets a chip on that defensive end, and then he's going to continue in into the progression. So it's a progression. You start with the bench route, and the bench route can be very good against cover two. Right. And that's exactly what this is right here. But when you look at well, right there is is just one of my favorite parts about this play is he's staring at this defensive player coming right at him. He stands there as tough as he is and he delivers this ball. He's not even truly able to finish the throw or get into it. But you look at the depth of the cornerback right here. He's sinking because he feels that vertical threat right there by Justin Watson. 
and he still is able to get it over his head into the perfect position to where he can come down with this catch. It's just an outstanding throw and, and just the way in which he executed this play. I mean, this is one of the throws. I feel like we say this every week we get one of the, but this is one of the throws of the year. And it's one that didn't make all the highlight reels probably won't be talked about when you talk about his big moments. If they do that MVP montage at NFL honors of all his, all his big moments, this probably won't be included. Um, But just from a degree of difficulty perspective, I mean, this is as good as it gets. As he said, the defender barreling down on him and then the ability to get this ball in the perfect spot with, again, the Broncos, you know, getting depth and, and not doing a bad job here. It's just Mahomes being that talented. He can beat you even when you're in position, even when you do everything right, he's still going to find a way to beat you. And that's the other great part about this play is I thought the rhythm, the anticipation of the throw, and then the trajectory of it, it all just worked in unison. And that's also with somebody barreling down in your face. I mean, for, 95 percent of the guys in the nfl you're not making this throw it's just such a low percentage throw just based on all the dynamics of what's taking place the cornerback position the guy in your face not being able to step into it but that's why patrick mahomes will probably be the mvp of the league this year and it's also picking and choosing when to when to take those shots when to take those risks and here you look at it 11 seconds left in the half it's a you know even if it gets picked off here um, you know, you probably get out of it unscathed. This is the time to take that, to take this type of a risk, you know, situation always matters. And, um, you know, maybe you don't want to do this. If, if the game is on the line in the fourth quarter, you're clinging to a lead, but here take your shot before half. And, and this is where I think Mahomes has grown to is learning when to take bigger risks and when to, yeah. when to play it a little safer. That's a great point. So, you know, being situationally aware, we always talk about it. Two minute into half. This is obviously at the end of half. You're trying to get in the field goal range. You need the guy to get out of bounds, save it, save it either a timeout or if you can get out of bounds and stop the clock, that's another benefit to it. So it, it might be a high risk throw, but again, it's a big reward. And in this circumstance, you taking that risk of saying, hey, look, I'm going to try to fit this difficult throw in there, even though the defense is in pretty good position. It's worth the risk because once again, you set up that field goal. Now, I know they missed the field goal, but at the end of the day, this was a big time throw. And it's also showing his competence in being situationally aware in, in this circumstance. And. You know, we've seen these from Mahomes just all year long. And that's, you know, beyond the numbers. The numbers are outstanding. Um, the narrative of what he's been able to do in the in the wake of Tyreek leaving is is incredible. But it's really it's these moments that he's given us week after week after week that just set him apart um, because there's nobody else. And, you know, I've you know, covering all the teams in this league. I watch all these quarterbacks. Right. There's nobody else that that's done this this consistently. Um and, you know, it's beyond a numbers thing. It's it's this type of stuff that just nobody else can do on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, from here, we'll move on to the touchdown that ended up giving the Chiefs the lead for good in this game. Again, Matt, we do it. Uh, this is another thing. I feel like we have themes that have run throughout this season. And one of them is the Chiefs' ability to line up in 13 personnel and create big plays in the passing game. Walk us through this. 
Yeah, that's the thing is they're formationally diverse from a personnel standpoint. They can give you so many different looks and variety and personnel packages. This is 13 personnel. If you know 13 personnel, what that means is you have three tight ends on the field, one wide receiver and one running back. When normal teams have this personnel in, it's usually to run the football. You're in the red zone. You're going to go run the football, pound the rock, get some tough yards in between the tackles. But in this circumstance, because again, the depth that they have at that tight end position, all those guys are playmakers. They can run routes. So they call a drop back pass from under center. And that's another big indicator for this team is usually when Patrick Mahomes is under center, it's more so a run than it is a drop back pass, but they go drop back pass. It's a progression read. You've got an opportunity to throw the go up top. Otherwise you're getting right back into your drive concept. You've got a drive, you've got the in cut in behind it and Kelsey, out here at the at the bottom of the page, he's a big alert. And usually that's a cover four look, that post, that skinny post that you get, or if that safety for some reason jumps that in cut. But is a switch release there by the tight ends. You've got the Will Backer getting getting out there, and he's going to take that drive route. But then again, that Mike linebacker, he gets lost in space, so you got the in cut coming in right right behind him. Good protection here by that offensive line. Patrick Mahomes sees it beautifully. He understands it, is definitive with his read, delivers the ball to Blake Bell, who has a walk-in touchdown. It is a big touchdown, big play in this game. Not a walk-in, excuse me. He did get hit at the goal line. I apologize. Yeah, I mean, I mean this is enormous. And, and again, it's really four tight ends that we've seen contribute for the Chiefs this year. Um Blake Bell adding the big one here. And it's just, it's, it, we've talked about it all year. The depth that this team has is just, is remarkable. And it's such a credit uh, to this front office, to this coaching staff, um, because this roster top to bottom, it's not just about finding talent, but getting these guys ready to play um, across the board. I, I don't think there's another team in this league that has this kind of depth and gets so many contributions from everybody on the roster because uh, that's the everybody makes everything about Mahomes from the outside looking in, but it really is this entire roster contributes. It is amazing. I, I feel like every week that we come in here, we're mentioning somebody else's name, right? And somebody else had a big play, whether it's a tight end, whether it's a wide receiver that you don't commonly talk about. And that's the impressive part about the depth, about what they can do. And then also Patrick Mahomes making it work. Once again, this, this week he had, I mean, 10 different, um, wide receivers or tight ends and running backs caught the ball this week, including himself. Actually, that would make 11 if you count him as that with that great reception and, and run after catch there. But I mean, it, it's amazing the distribution of wealth. And we talk about all the time if not just focusing in on one guy, but making sure that, Hey, look, I'm going to go through my read and I'm going to make sure that I'm diligent about my reads and how I'm going to go about it, but give the ball to the guy that's supposed to get the ball. And that's why they've been so successful this year. And when you have a quarterback with his talent level that's doing that and getting the ball to the open man, regardless of who it is, it, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to stop an offense like that. And uh, that's what's going to make the Chiefs so tough going forward here as we move to Week 18. Uh, and you know, this game against the Raiders, we don't. We know that the Chiefs have are going to have a chance to earn that one seed no matter what. We're still waiting as of the time we're recording this. Uh, the league has not made a statement yet about what they intend on doing with that Bills-Bengals game, whether it's going to go down as a no contest, whether they will schedule it to be played at some point. Um, but if it is a no contest and the Chiefs win this game on Saturday against the Raiders that would lock up the number one seed in the AFC for them, 
obviously nobody wants it to happen that way. Um, but yeah, we'll see. There's a bunch of different proposals out there right now for how they would handle um, the scheduling going forward. We're just in kind of a wait and see right now. Um, but I've seen things out there. I mean, I've, I've seen things about the Chiefs. If they do get the one seed in this way, um, a proposal that maybe they play a neutral site game if they were to meet the Bills in the playoffs um, as a sign of sportsmanship. Or maybe even that the Chiefs would not play the game against the Raiders um, and give the Bills the chance to earn the one seed on Sunday. I know those would be tough things for the Chiefs to swallow, but the, you know there are these moments that are uh, that are bigger than the bigger than the on-field stuff that are bigger than the the game. Um, so Matt, I kind of wanted to get your take on this. What what's the solution that you think um, makes the most sense here? There's not an easy solution to this. It's complicated. You've got to navigate through so many different avenues to come up with the right one. And I don't know if there is a right one in this circumstance. Because like you said, too, I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs would feel great about the fact that they would capture the number one seed winning this week. And even though they – you know what? They had a tremendous season. But without really understanding the outcome of what that would have been with the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals to, to capture it that way just doesn't feel right. And, and then from there, it's saying, well, is there any possible way with the scheduling that the Bengals and the Bills would be able to make that game up to and to also, once again, be the focal point of the nation because everybody would be watching that game. It would be a one-man – I mean, two-team two show right there. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot, and I'm glad that I don't have to make that decision. Um, but at the end of the day, all the Chiefs can be concerned with is going out, and if they have to play the Raiders and that's the decision, then they've got to go beat the Raiders and take care of the business on their side. And as hard as that is – that, that, again, is what their ultimate goal is, is to go out and win, win this football game against a divisional opponent. And we know that the division itself hasn't gone as smoothly or hasn't been as dom – they haven't dominated these games, so to speak, like, they, like everybody thought they would because every one of these five games that they've had within their division has been within one score. And the Raiders coming off – you know, a game in which the against the 49ers in which they took them to overtime, which nobody gave them a chance. And as a result, it was another difficult loss for the Raiders in a close game that they've really, you know, become accustomed to throughout the course of the season. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's definitely not going to be an easy task, regardless, especially if Stidham plays that way once again. Um, and I have seen a few proposals that are interesting for what they could end up doing with this game. One would be um, moving the playoffs back a week and having, you know, play week 18 as scheduled. And then next week would just be Bengals bills. Everybody else is off and then resume the playoffs that next week. You basically lose, lose that extra week off before the Super Bowl probably lose the pro bowl in that process. Um, but kind of doing it that way. Um, the other proposal I saw, which was interesting, which was that, uh, the first weekend of the playoffs, just the NFC teams would play their wild card round. And then on the AFC side, just the Bengals and bills play to settle that seeding. And then the next mm. week, all the NFC teams have a bye week all the AFC teams play their wild card round games. Um, and then the divisional wow. round resumes from there. And, and in that scenario as well, you would lose that extra week between the Super Bowl um, and, and most likely lose the Pro Bowl. So there are a few creative scenarios out there. We'll wait and see what happens. Um, but either way, you're right. The Chiefs, um, the Chiefs have their work cut out for them still. The Raiders gave them a tough time the first, the, the first time around. And uh, with the way that they played last weekend, this isn't going to be an easy task. Uh, it's not going to be an easy task. I think that the Chiefs can go and take care of this defensive unit. I mean, they've struggled against the run. They struggle in the past. They're going to be able to put up points. The one thing that you look at with this Raiders offense, look, they've struggled throughout the year. They've had their ebbs and flows. But, again, they're fully healthy. And they've got Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, all those guys are playing at a high level. And when all three of those guys, which have seldomly been on the field this year all together, they're a dangerous offense and they create a lot of mismatches for you. So again, it would be something in which the defense would have to step up this week to make sure that they could take care of business on their end. What impressed you most about what you saw from Jarrett Stidham in that game? You know, it was interesting because he, he looked confident. He looked poised. And I expected him to be confident, especially because he's been in that same system since he was drafted by New England in 2019, has had the same coordinator with Josh McDaniels. But again, you never know what to expect. This is the kid's first start. And to go out against the number one defense in the league with the San Francisco 49ers, who you know have just made the best of quarterbacks look silly and have terrible days, he went out and executed that game plan, and then he made plays, and he made big-time throws throughout the course of the game. He extended plays, the touchdown to Devontae Adams. Um, this, I think it was a 60-yarder where he went to his left, got hit in the face by Fred Warner as he's throwing it, but found, bought time, found the guy down the field. Again, I was super impressed. And then he also, in the fourth court, needing to claw, claw back to get to OT. I mean, that's what – I didn't know what, what he had in his tank, and he was able to go out there and play at a really, really high level. Yeah, and he had him in position to potentially win it there in overtime, uh, and the interception was no fault of his own. Just a phenomenal play from Nick Bosa to drive the, the left tackle into his lap 
and and affect that throw as much as he did. I mean that that was the stamp on the defensive player of the year case for him, as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, he's a stud. Really, yeah, but a really impressive performance from Stidham, and uh, that'll make things interesting if he plays like that again against the Chiefs on Saturday. It's going to make things interesting for the Raiders as they approach next season, most likely it seems without Derek Carr. And as they prepare to make their decision on their future quarterback, Stidham has to be at least throwing his hat in the ring for consideration, right? You've got to think so. I mean, and this is one game and it's hard to evaluate any yeah. one player off of one game, but you do have to take into account the, the competition that he was going up against, it, they were playing for something. They're still still in the mix and trying to fight for a number one seed as well. So this uh, this team, like I said, for the 49ers is one of the most complete teams in the NFL. And he gave this team an opportunity to go out there and not only compete, but put them in a position to win that game. So we'll, we'll have to see how this next week goes. And then also you have to believe that they're in the market probably for one of these quarterbacks coming out this next year. You just never know with what the organization is thinking and how they're going to evaluate this process going forward. But it doesn't look like Derek Carr is going to be in their plans for the future. Yeah, it certainly doesn't. And uh, they don't – I believe they don't have their first-round pick this year either, right, because of the Devontae Adams trade? Devontae Adams trade, that's correct. Yeah, so – It'll be interesting to see what direction they go. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out on Saturday. Uh, it should be a really good one to kick off that Week 18 action, our first ever round of Saturday games on Week 18. So, um, you know, as we move forward here, our thoughts and prayers just continue to go out uh, to DeMar Hamlin um, and his family, and, and we're just hoping for the best there. And it's, it's going to be an emotional weekend, I think, for everybody um, as, as we return to football and, you know, um, I think we all just, you know, we all just have to appreciate, um, and, and respect what these guys do, um, what all these players do each and every weekend, putting their bodies on the line. Um, and, uh, you know, just not take it lightly and just, just have, have that respect and empathy for what, for what these guys have to deal with. Um, and, and especially what the bills are dealing with right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, you, you said it all right there. And again, I just want to reiterate that our prayers and thoughts go out to the Mar Hamlin and his family during this time. Take care guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, we'll be back here hopefully with, uh, with more good news on a brighter note on, on in a more positive light, um, getting you guys set for the playoffs uh, when we're back here next week. So for Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton. Take care, guys. Enjoy the football this weekend. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Educate. Inform KC Sports Network.